Welcome to the Gather Influence podcast. It is our great honor to welcome you into some of the most catalytic conversations happening in our nation around the female voice. My name is Vanessa Hoyes from Montreal and my co-host Kathy Ostapchuk from Toronto and I have the privilege of leading Gather Women. This movement will exist until the female voice can be heard loud and clear in every sphere of influence across our nation. So we invite you into these conversations and we pray they will mobilize you personally, you the listener, you the influencer to champion truth, challenge inequity and in turn change our nation and change our world. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Welcome to Gather Influence Podcast. My name is Vanessa Hoyes from Montreal and my co-host Kathy Ostopchuk from Toronto. We together today get to interview a great friend I've been tracking with in Western Australia for about 15 years. Her name is Amanda Viviers. She's an author, she's a communicator, she's a leader, she's a mom of gorgeous young children. She's really an intentional girl, thoughtful on so many levels and we go to those places about your soul and your story and your voice today. She's written so many books and she's written one with a psychologist called Awake In Your Story and we're going to use it in our Gather Voices coaching cohort, the curriculum we have and we cannot wait to introduce you today as you listen to Amanda Viviers and then across the next few months in our Gather Voices coaching. For Gather, all that information on Gather Voices where we've got our wait list open, we're taking registrations right now and we're so excited about seeing this female voice in Canada and beyond being elevated in ways that were unimaginable, maybe that you've dreamed of, but we believe this is the season for God to take your voices to the places that he has destined your story to go. And so we'd love to see you register, invest in that. If you're a leader, maybe you've got some girls, you can invest them into this Gather Voices coaching cohort. Right now, we're going to head over to the podcast and hear our conversation, 6.30 a.m. in the morning from Mandarin Perth, incredibly faithful friend that got up early so that we here in Canada could hear her voice. Welcome today to this incredible conversation that we are having in two different parts of the world today. I have with me my amazing co-host, Kathy Ostopchak, here in Canada with me. It's evening time, the sun's on her face. If you're on YouTube, you'll see that. And then we have an amazing, amazing friend and leader in the nation of Australia. And her name is Amanda Viviers. And she's over in Perth and she woke up super bright and early at the 6.30 interview, 6.30 a.m. interview. So welcome, Amanda, to our podcast today. Thank you for having me, girls. It's like a little dream come true, spending an hour or however long we are together with you guys. I've really been looking forward to it. Well, it's so good to be on. And Kathy, we just made some introductions, but you were able to connect with Amanda last year as well, really just as the pandemic hit, right? It was so good to be in a room where so many varied life experiences of women showed up in the same space. And even the rotation of wisdom from time to time that we met was very cool. And the fact that you orchestrated that and invited us to that, Amanda, is it was very memorable. I think when I grow up, I want to be just like you so I can look like you do at 630 in the morning. (laughs) I want to look like that. But there's so many pieces of your spirit, you know, your essence, the creative part that I so resonate with. And I love that. So I'm so delighted that we have this time together. Thank you so much for having me. Even that encounter actually where we all connected last year, I'll reference that a little bit later, just in terms of how even you, Amanda, just pivoted in the pandemic last year and 
you know, in fact, reached probably people over this side of the world in new ways. So we are talking today in our series on the female voice, the female church across the earth. We're talking about the why of your voice today. And we're so excited because Amanda is going to be a guest coach with us in our Gather Voices and straight up first term with us. And that really is where we're going to first talk through the why why has God given you a unique voice a unique story a unique space to fill with your voice and fill with that song like we think about the the woman the barren woman who needs to fill the air with song and that's what we are excited to see the females in our world rise up and do so would you just share a little bit of who you are and your world over there and where your voice extends and the different ways it extends? Sure. Well, I am a mum of two little people. I have a little boy and his name is Maximus and I have a little girl and her name is Liberty. And they're hilarious. They're creative. They're strong. They're kind. Um, I had to break it to them this morning that we have gone into lockdown again. So um, it's quite unusual for Perth because Perth has been quite removed as a city from what is happening globally. Um, But in Australia, there has been some shifts and changes and that's pandemic life. Hey, that's, that's the new normal that we are all walking through and it's been difficult, but at the same time, it's provided opportunity, I think, for us to really dig into what matters and to really come back to what is important. And in some ways, there's been some ways that we've tried to run away from things, but I'm sure we'll get into that later. I have an amazing husband. His name is Charles and Together, we just love people. We love helping people find their story and we both do it in very different ways. He is, yeah, he's just an amazing leader and his work really works with juveniles who are at risk. And um, a lot of what he does um, is really difficult for me to talk about because his privacy needs to be respected because of the kids that he works with. But um, he, which sounds like, cloak and daggers but it's not it's he's he's amazing but he really works with um young teenagers who are at risk and um for myself I've been an author now for 15 years I've published 12 books and when I think back on that I'm like what has happened (laughs) Am, (laughs) am I crazy sometimes I think I am I get I, I'm the kind of person that wants a do- I'm like a dog with a bone. Once I have an idea, it's really hard for me to let go of it. I go into like this place of thinking and dreaming about bringing that idea to life. But to be truthful, when I was 15, I wrote down a dream that I would like to write 25 books before I go to heaven. And it was like this little dream that it was like, there's just no way that's ever going to happen. And here I am at 12 books. And that's kind of halfway. And I'm like, how did that happen? But anyway, so yeah, that's what I do. And I actually, across the pandemic, was asked to join an organization and to step into a leadership role there. And so it's just coming on a year that I've been working for Compassion and I am the narrative lead. So I oversee a lot of the communications that come out of Australia, the storytelling, the story writers, and really bring creative direction and a sense of fullness to the narrative that we create from the stories that we tell. So it's been a wild year. (laughs) It's been a crazy year, but lots of it's been done from this little cave, this creative cave in the back of my house. And um, I'm just trying to trust God and say yes to what is good, say no to what is distracting and to really lean into my best life. Wow. Okay, just the yes, no, stop, start, yes, uh, less, more. Last year, that was just revolutionary for me in, in time with you. And I use it everywhere now in coaching and caring for people. And and we might even talk about some of those those moments, actually, where you actually, that review of, of your life and the edit of your life and your story as well but first of all I was obsessed with your first books that came out all those years ago they were gifts to everyone in my world and they were stunning and they look stunning and they still do and um, I believe you 
definitely going to get to 25, if not more. Even as we really champion these voices in women, I think that the writing piece for women, you all just need to follow Amanda because just even the way she really encourages that that written word in, in our voice is so, so inspiring. And so she's personally been a champion of that in me and it still hasn't happened. I'm a nine on the Enneagram. So everything else becomes more, more distracting, but I love that. So we're going to, we're going to reference all those books uh, at the end of this as well. Talk a little bit, something we met, well, a lot of people won't know you, but something that surprised you even in yourself over the last year through the pandemic. I think sadness. Yeah. I've been really caught by sadness and just that sense of grief corporately yeah. and grief in myself of letting go. Like I might say all the things that I've just said then, which are all true, but the last year has been the hardest year of my life. It's been mm-hmm. deeply disturbing. Mm-hmm. And the pivots that we've made as a family have been challenging. They've been hard, you know, like on Sunday, my kids were ready for their mid-year dance concert. They'd been practicing. They woke up at 5.30 in the morning, got their earphones on. They're practicing their dance in their heads. And then our premier of our state cancelled all events effective immediately. And my kids cried and cried and walking them through that sense of loss and letting them be okay with that, you know. And then they woke up this morning And I told them that we're going into a four-day lockdown and it means that they can't do their after-school activities and letting them be angry. Like my little boy was like, I hate COVID-19. And, you know, it's, it's actually not my place to shut that down. It's actually my place to allow them to process what that looks like. Because if I'm not doing that as well, I carry a sense of anger and, um, Some of the work that I've done with my partner, particularly, I have a business partner who's a clinical psychologist. And what really has shocked me over the last year has been this. Often anger turns into anxiety and repressed anger makes us have this sense of fear. And rather than us actually allowing ourselves to feel those places of anger, a righteous anger where it's not harming others, but it's actually expressing that deep sense of sadness or fear or the unfairness of what's happened. You know, for me, I had been working three years to launch. I launched four books last year, four books into a pandemic, and two of them launched within the first three months of the pandemic. So one being Dear Creative Self, Mm -hmm. um, the next being a Lent devotional that was traditionally published through a publishing house here in Australia, And then the third one was Awake, Live in Your New Story, which I wrote with the clinical psychologist. And the fourth one was my yearly journaling book that I do, which was called Reflect. I launched four books in a pandemic. And do you know how much time, effort, energy, like focus? And I felt sad because I was like, God, I have poured my life into this work over the last three years. And it's fallen, it's fallen into an arena where events were my business. I would create retreats and gather. And that's where I would walk through my books with people. That's where people would engage in the research that I'd been a part of. And yeah, that was probably a long answer. But I had to once again reckon. I, I feel like it was a reckoning. Like it was a year of reckoning with those deep places. And that's uncomfortable. Yeah. Thank you so much for your authenticity. And I think the listeners, even just in this, <coughs> will be identifying so much with those core emotions, anger, sadness, those different ones. And Kathleen, I know for you, you see so much, like there's so much alignment, the events, the places, the spaces, right? I'm going to speak yeah, into that. Absolutely. Too, and I'm even thinking about voice, you know, where does our voice go when we speak it into the universe and there's no response, you know, it's even better if somebody responds negatively, because at least, you know, someone's listening, but during the pandemic, you know, it's, it's, you're right. Like if you're not live with people, you can put so much out there and put so much time and energy into it. And it goes into the dark void. And so to believe that, it still means something in the speaking of it, I think is really requires an unshakable 
tethering, you know, to God's promises that he does not, you know, he values the spoken word and he values the representation and the revelation of him in the spoken word so that it will not go into a deep void. But man, how do we keep writing and speaking and creating and publishing and giving out when we can't measure the response? Absolutely. And in some ways, I feel like it was a season where there was so much overwhelm that I know that words are seeds and I know that they're planting in people's lives, but it's such a different season of surrender when it's not in person, like what you're saying. It's that sense of, because there's overwhelm, it's, it's like, it's like there's so much radio noise yeah. and how do we just really settle into what God is saying for ourselves and for those closest and not really get our sense of worth out of what we do rather than who we are. And for the listeners, I, if we could just stay on this for a moment, I'm really thinking about those that felt like they got lost into the fray of their voice got lost into the fray of last year. I know even talking to some marketing friends, just super practically, they, it used to be seven times someone had to see something and then it was 14. I thought it was 14 and 18. They're like, no, no, no. Now it's like 28 or double because there's just so much. Again, that's what people could be like, how am I going to be heard or, or what matters? But what's, what process have you, what practices have you engaged for that writing and that discipline and that voice to be expressed that make you not make it about the medium, how it's going to be received. Yeah. I think it just always has to come back to our own story and really reckoning with our own story and understanding at the end of the day, my success does not line with how many people have read my books of how many people follow me on social media. My success does not lie in what conferences I get invited to speak at whether I'm on a platform or not, that is not the core essence of where success lies. I believe that success lies in the authenticity of who we are and the power of our own story and us growing. And I've said to friends recently, last year, even though it was so tough, I have grown more in the last year. I have become more adept at telling the truth. I am more honest with my husband I am settling in with emotions that feel uncomfortable but I'm allowing them to process through I've gone back to a therapist for the first time in in I don't know maybe over a decade because it's time for me to continue to show up to a place of of we've projected it from a place of performance where it's like, if I say all the right things, if I wear the right clothes, if I have the right filter, if I project myself enough, then that's what authority is. But authority truly comes from someone who knows who they are in Christ, who knows the power of their story and the reckoning that's happened in the depths of who they are and where God has shown up in places where they can't even describe it. Like for me, I can't, I don't have the words to describe what God is doing in my heart and life in this season because I'm still learning the lessons from that season. And in a few seasons time, I'll be able to speak from what I've learned from that season, you know, and that's the power of showing up to our own story where we're actually not comparing ourselves to others getting that sense of permission from others, but coming back to the place where we were speaking earlier about you writing, Vanessa, of course, destined to write. There's a story on your life. There's a sense of who God is and there's purpose in that. But that comes from you reckoning with your own story and finding the insight that comes from that so that you can lead people into new places. And we don't get to speak from something till we've learned from it. And that's where insight comes. And if we don't reckon with our own story, often we don't have anything to say. The depth of that wisdom comes from the reckoning. Wow. You know, I so appreciate your, again, just helping people process. Um, and it, I think about the way we're going to coach Kathy and I in this Voices cohort. 
And so much of what you're saying is introduction, where we're going to be in that first place, right? And I know I wrote some blogs the other day because I've been trying to blog again and help people, you know, how to choose a therapist, how to change a therapist. And the biggest, like, heart, not shock, the biggest conviction that came from that for me was I. one of my daughters is there. The other one's been begging for a while for one and she wants it in person, but it's been taking a while because we're not in person to be able to do those things and she doesn't want online. And she came and she said, you wrote a blog to everyone else and when was the last time you picked up the phone and asked again whether that someone would be in person for me? Oh, and again, it doesn't make it not real what I wrote, but that where does it really matter? Like where does what that process really matter? And I just repented before her and I said, I'm so sorry, I have not put that into place, our next steps together. And if you think me writing it means I haven't prioritized you, but we had a real moment because mm. it's what's out there, it's real and I mean it, but if it isn't impacting here and my heart and her heart and her world then it can be very irrelevant right so such a little example but I feel like that's what the Lord is asking of all of where our voice is meant to go is will we steward those unseen and those most important right in our world as well so absolutely yeah Kathy well I mean it's typical of what we do we look for the the easiest path forward, the linear path. Mm -hmm. And if you have a call in your life to publish some sort of message, whether it's through writing or speaking, really the the question is, how do I get to platform? (laughs) How do I perform my way to platform? What are the three steps? Like, and so we think that we're going to bypass these deep, sorrowful, suffering moments that really are the ones, those are the dips that are designed to get us ready so I think we're, we're the same and and two in, in our spheres of influence you know we are always looking for the outer spheres where we have very little impact I mean we want the thousands of people who have they don't they don't see our life day to day and so they're receiving a message we think we can give them some kind of message that relates to nothing but really this the message that we are called to steward is the one that is first for us being fashioned in us Mm -hmm. and then our little sphere of influence is the people in our house right who are these people that we live with that we are meant to influence and impact and we go beyond that and it's just we we've got it all wrong and and I think Amanda you've hit the nail on the head with like it's because we just we can perform ourselves to try and get to some imaginary platform Or I think we think that satisfaction comes from success and it actually doesn't. Success actually opens up a massive can of worms. And if you're not ready for that can of worms, then you're there trying to deal with worms. Like, it's like, it's, it's like, it's like, I've met so many people who have the massivest platform and their life is falling apart Yeah, because the platform just kind of appeared and that's not their fault, but unless we actually deal with the desires of our heart and, you know, like I think the most beautiful thing that both of you have just said is, is the way that we deal with our own households and our own sense of honesty and truth, you know, and Vanessa, when you're talking about just asking forgiveness of your daughter, you know, and Kathy, you're talking about that that depth of like who is in our house and how do we how do we share that that message and the application of that message in our own lives like it's so easy to tell others what to do rather than to live it in our own in our own life and maybe the message feels so strong on your life because God's saying uh excuse me (laughs) are are you actually doing what you're saying like yeah exactly and when you do what you say then there's there's an authentic voice like we can speak with passion because we've lived it girls like this conversation can come out of us so naturally like I've not I've read no questions for this podcast (laughs) I have no brief on this podcast it's coming out of our hearts and lives because we've lived it so good and we need to prepare and we need to perform and we need to hold all the 
strings together and we live anxiously because we think someone's going to unravel something that's going to expose us. But the thing is, is that when we sit in the place of God really finding ways to rumble with those stories that are deep within our life, it's the most beautiful unraveling. I am thinking about people who also evolve and this wasn't in script either, Kathy, but I'm thinking about our stories and our the way our growth and how if we actually don't be honest the journey out loud about the way we're changing and evolving we can get held captive to who we were and what we spoke out loud our voice said 10 years ago I was listening to Carrie Newhoff and Christine Kane and they were talking about she's like what if what I said 10 years ago maybe I still believe it but the context I would say it differently now Mm. but I was thinking the more we stay honest in our evolution the more we're not going to be held captive to maybe what we said before we'd grown as well, right? So that sense of authentic story is so powerful to to literally be sharing also. Not all of it. And I love you, Amanda. I love the way you protect your husband and his vocation because it's not your story to tell, right? And there's a difference, of course, between what's private what's public and what you can just make a principle out of without telling the detail of which we Mm. coach our girls a little bit in through this cohort as well right like you can still have a principle to apply without telling all the detail girls that's probably the biggest question that I get asked is how do I tell the hard parts of my story how do I protect people that are a part of their story but it's not actually about them it's about me mm-hmm. and yeah it's one of the biggest questions I get asked in writing and and speaking stories so that sounds like an amazing thing to coach people with in your upcoming course what would you say just briefly what would you tell someone a few quick keys on that pretty much what you just said Vanessa and I'm sure that we'd unpack it quite similarly so I'm so excited to hear what you guys are going to teach but there's a difference between private personal and authenticity doesn't mean that you tell everything authenticity actually means that you've learned the lesson from the story that's being shared and um, I speak about really impacting stories in in my book Awake and there's different parts of it, but I'm, I'm deeply protective of my family as well, because there's parts of that, like this book talks about the impact of our own personal stories on identity, our sense of identity, on beauty, where we get our sense of beauty from and what that looks like, whether we're good enough, whether we look beautiful, whether we're attractive, where does that come from? The third thing is authority, where we get our authority from. And the fourth thing is self-compassion. So it really comes back to a place of kindness and self-compassion. But right at the beginning of the book, like rather than tell you, I could just show you by one of my. So it's called Rewriting My Story. Mm -hmm. I can just read a little bit of it. Do we have like a minute or two? Yes. Is that all right? I love that. Okay, the wind, the wind was wild and relentless yesterday as I walked the beach just a few minutes from my bungalow home. If you'd told me 10 years earlier that I would one day run to the beach at sunset with my little family in tow, I would have just said impossible. As I bobbed in the murky sea, reflecting on the change of narrative that has occurred over the last decade, I just smiled with gratitude. The rewriting of my story has changed my life. I grew up in a little seaside town with two parents who tried desperately to provide for their three children. They worked hard with many different businesses and could often be found awake late into the night dreaming about tomorrow. See, the thing is, that's personal, right? But I'm still protecting my family. So it's not like my mum was never there or like she was always working. She was focused on other people. Like my mum is amazing. But I've done it in such a way that really protects my family and what that looks like. And then I go on to talk about their stories. And how do I do that in a way that is safe? It's still authentic because it's part of my story. But how do I do it safely? Both my parents came with stories from their childhood that impacted the way that they parented their new family. My dad grew up in a rural setting with a big family 
He had dyslexia, experienced domestic violence, and poverty was the plot line of his upbringing. And my mum lost her dad to cancer when she was just 15, and the pain of that impacted her deeply. My story was a pretty standard one, you know, growing up in the suburbs with friends and birthday parties, a BMX bike and dolls tucked inside my bed covers. My childhood was full of lots of creativity and delight. However, there are significant parts of it that I just can't remember. It's like someone blacked out my memories with a big black texture and I can no longer see what's underneath. Wow. So there's a way that I'm speaking into the personal part of them. Have I spoken too much about my parents? No, I've done it with their permission. I've done it with a sense of diligence and honor to their parents and their upbringing, but I've still told the truth because the truth of their story impacts my story, but I'm not doing it in a way of blaming or shaming. There's not an agenda behind the way that I'm sharing the story. And I think that's where we get stuck. Um, I had someone recently private message me on Instagram and they said, how do I share my story in such a way that has confidence and courage, but doesn't hurt people? And I said, there's just one thing. And it's this, every single time you go to write something, ask yourself what the agenda is behind it. Wow. Because as soon as you know the agenda, right, as soon as you really reckon with that, am I writing this in a beautiful, lovely, caring way because there's actually a sharpness behind it that I want to hurt someone? Because hmm. we do that. We, we actually do that right. from platforms. Yep. We actually speak messages that are designed for yep. people that have weapons, that have kind of like this this terse way of going, I'm going to say this because you need to hear it, but I'm going to do it in such a way that I couch it, that it's broad enough that no one would know it. And we write that way too. Or are we doing it because we want people to feel sorry for us and we need a bit of attention? Mm. So are we writing something? So we're like, okay, I'm just going to write it because I'm feeling a bit lonely. I've had a fight with my husband. Does anyone actually care about me? So we write it in such a way that we're wanting a response. If we actually just sit back before we do it, I'm not talking about journaling, right? Journaling, you can write what you want. You can be as agenda driven as you want because you're actually just pouring out on a page. What I'm speaking specifically about is public platform and everyone has a platform in their pocket now. We all have a platform that we can wield in different ways. If we come back and we answer this one question, what is the agenda behind this? Am I sharing this story because I want to help people? Am I sharing this story because I have insight from God that I can't not share because I have this sense of like, was I writing this part of my story to get back at my parents? Then it's just not the right place for it. The right place for that is a great conversation. The agenda behind this is to help people with tools that have deeply changed my life. Do I get it right all the time? Absolutely not. But is there an agenda behind it? Then we actually have to come back to the reckoning again. I probably went on too too long. Sorry, girls. Honestly, and like this book is going to be a a big part of the whole first month of our coaching. So it's it's brilliant to even hear you read some of it. That's always one of the most favorite things is when an author reads their own work. But honestly, the principles are incredible. Kathy, I... I'm thinking about all again everything already that we've got in the curriculum but I want to I want to just move and pivot and let Kathy go a little bit towards this this sense of voice and vocation Kathy Mm. do you want to just process a little bit of that with Amanda and what that does mean in light of this authenticity really that you're talking about and timing right to the story the when the how sure And obviously we're females here in the room. So we are trying to hone in a little bit on the female voice because we understand that, you know, the way we process our story, the way we have confidence or no confidence at all, uh, that Mm -hmm. our voice will be heard. So we're talking about this through the filter of the female voice. Mm -hmm. So voice comes from the Latin root vocare, which is also the root word for vocation. 
However, finding your voice is about so much more than a career choice. It's about having clarity of life direction. It's about giving full expression to your true self, holding nothing back. And so I would love to hear from you, Amanda. How do you see this voice and vocation um, interplaying with each other? Can you have one without the other? Because vocation also means call. There's something on your life that does need to be spoken, declared, that reckoning, I wonder if that's even a word for speech. I mean, what you reckon within yourself, you Mm. declare outside. I'd love to hear your voice on this. Sure. Thank you so much for that, Kathy. I actually believe that everybody has a story to tell. I believe that if they wanted to, everyone has a book inside them. And not everyone believes that. Like I had an editor once come to me and go, oh, you like pump people up that they can write. And then I have to kind of like tell them like where their writing's gone off track. And I was like, no, actually you can still do that in a way that builds life and builds courage and builds their story. It's not just, it's not just me kind of pumping people up. I actually truly believe that there's a lesson and insight from every person's story. If we go back to the Bible, the Bible is built on people's stories and they were just very ordinary. Often the Bible speaks about, you know, like very ordinary, humble people who were in hidden places, but it was in that hiddenness that their vocation and their voice was developed. I think culturally we just come at it from such a different a different place where we think it has our story has to have these highs and lows and and we have to have like gone to the ends of the earth to be able to share like the wisdom from that and but not all of us are gonna climb Mount Everest not all of us are gonna go to the Antarctic like we're actually all sitting here in our houses trying to work out how to take the next step like that's voice and vocation right there like Our vocation is who God has called into our neighborhood. Our vocation is like yesterday I sat at a trampoline place with my kids from school and straight across from me was a mum from school. And I just said, do you want a coffee? She's like, oh, no, no, no. I'm like, no, let me get you a coffee. And I went and got her coffee and I sat there and we just kind of talked and chatted. And then towards the end, there was this conversation where it was like, hey, are you like a part of like a mum's group at school or like I work and I've got all the stuff that I'm juggling and and I don't know how to, I don't know friends. I've got no one at school, you know, like it's like voice and vocation. <laughs> I think we make it so ridiculously massive and actually voice and vocation is saying, hey, you want a coffee? Hey, here's my story. What's yours? Hey, this is where I'm struggling. And I think we sit in school mum chats. We sit in the coffee shop. We sit in waiting for our tires to get changed on our car. And that's when we switch off. That's our platform. That's our place of discovery. Your voice comes with sharing with the random mechanic what's happened in your day and how you're going and there's grace on that. You know, I've been, I've just written a blog and it's a question that's completely radically changed my life over the last, I'm, I'm always having changes of life. So if you haven't noticed <laughs> over the last few months is this year ready, I just keep asking myself, Amanda, today, what are you graceful? You know, I get up at 6.30. My voice is a bit scratchy because I'm tired. And I'm not saying that to make you feel sorry for me. It's just me being honest. Because like on the weekend, all our plans changed because we woke up to a lockdown today because um, there's just so much changing all the time. It's like transition fatigue, you know, but I've been asking myself this question. What am I graceful? Like today, you know, I woke up. Am I graced with this conversation today, Jesus? That's voice and vocation. That's just living. I'm not like overthinking it. I'm not like going, oh my gosh, these two amazing girls are going to be on a podcast tomorrow. Guys, what are the questions? Okay, perform, perform, perform. You know what? Show up. Show up. Be yourself. Answer out of who you are. Discover your voice and where the grace is on your story and live your vocation. 
live who you are because who you are is incredible and being incredible is not dancing across stages and delighting crowds it's not living your life surrendered is showing up at the trampoline place and offering someone a coffee that was a long it's so true though I mean you take yourself wherever you go and yet we're Mm. so driven to find a a context where oh now I can be a speaker now I can declare a message to the world and it's really no I mean you take your message wherever you go you are the message and so in that hey 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 so many grace opportunities during the day I think my epiphany what I'm taking away is waking up and saying, what am I graced for today? I love that. And I think the girls that are listening to this, maybe there's some guys out there too. And we do have an Australian audience, which is awesome. That hopefully will be a takeaway for you as well. What are you graced for? Each and every day, that could be something different. But what you're graced for will be so unique to you that if you don't step into that moment and put out your hay, it won't be said by anybody else. And that's why I believe that everyone has a story to be shared and that somebody needs your story because no one's lived your story. No one has the stories that come from it. And if we want to speak specifically to speaking with confidence when those platforms do open or opportunities do open, the best messages come from real experience. A translating transformational message comes from transformation and it has to begin in you. Yeah. I'm thinking of all just every word, every layer you're saying. And I, I'm thinking about the scripture. I was trying to find it and I'll, I think we'll reference it um, in the notes, but, but Jesus says he told storage stories that nudged people towards eternity, right? Like that nudge, yeah. because it was the, the, the stories of their life, their imperfect life, their, they're normal, they're everyday, they're fishing, they're eating, they're walking, they're going to sleep, are waking up. And they're the ones that nudge people towards eternity. And I think about a comedian and I was watching, I have not watched TV in over a year. I got to stay in a hotel the other night because we were out to do a wedding. Honestly, all these firsts in a, in a pandemic. And <laughs> so I lay in bed and turned the TV on and watched this comedian. But I was thinking actually like his funniest were the everyday stories. They were just the everyday moments that we're going, I can find myself in those moments. So not only do they have to be deep and like real and authentic, but if we were scrolling our phones instead of sitting and missing the moment, like we're saying and not missing the moments, we'd actually find so much to tell stories about as well. So So I love, I love this thought for the girls and their own story, as well as the stories of just their everyday life. John O'Donoghue, I I just want to read out this. He says, another way to look at what we're talking about when we talk about authenticity is to, to see the difference between sincerity and authenticity. Sincerity, while it's lovely, is necessary, but insufficient because you can be sincere with just one zone of your heart awakened. And I think about your book, but he says, when many zones of the heart are awakened and harmonized, we can speak of authenticity, which is broader. It takes courage and grace to feel the call to awaken. And it takes greater courage and more grace still to actually submit to the call, to risk yourself into those interior spaces where there is very little protection. It takes a person of creativity to inhabit her own mind and not turn her mind into a destructive force that wants to tell the story differently. So exactly what we're talking about today, that when we restory, we restory our story with grace, right? and not the opposite with all the shame and the condemnation and the, the things that we can do. And Kathy talks so much about the silencing of our voices and the, the reasons why not. But you, Amanda, you always speak into the why you can, not why you can't. And mm. I'll be forever grateful for that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, here's a moment right now where <laughs> we are letting the silence do the heavy lifting because mm. there's so much. And 
I, it's not lost on me that this would not be happening if God always did not go ahead of us and connect the dots. You know, we would not have access to this amazing resource, um, all of your resources, all of your 12 books, Amanda, but particularly this one on awake and that you're bringing it into our world here in Canada and to the girls that God is preparing the hearts for. And I just, I love that about God. I mean, talk about outside the box creativity, connecting female voices across continents for such a time as this. So I'm just sitting here in that moment as well, thinking, gosh, like individually, we had nothing to do with this. (laughs) This was God saying, these are voices that need to know each other. And there's something, you know, don't ask for what you think I'm going to do, but let me show you something different. And here in this moment, you know, when we're all trying to do edits and changes and be ready for post pandemic, God is saying, I, I I'm so far ahead of you. Look, I'm, I've done this today in this room. So, so appreciate your yes at six 30 on a Tuesday morning. It's such a privilege girls. And you know what I'm so reminded of is so often we look to push. So to push our message but look for the God pull. Hmm. Where's that pull? You know, like there's a God pull here. There's, there's a message on all of our lives that aligns. There's a, that's a God pull. There's not a push. Oh, here's, here's my book. Here's my message. You know, like I've just surrendered in the last year. I've just gone, okay. And there's a pull, you know, and that's the beauty of the way that God works and, And I'm so blessed by this alignment. It started my day beautifully (laughs) by listening to you guys and reminding myself of the bigness of who God is and that someone in Perth, Western Australia, Mm. one of the most isolated places in the world, can chat with amazing women who are doing brilliant things across the nation of Canada And that God is with us. There's a grace for that, you know. I feel like that was the message uh, we were going to invite at the end for you to leave with our listeners. But because now you've already given that expression, would you actually just pray for every single person who this podcast is going to land into their hearts in some way, shape or form? Absolutely. God, I just thank you for your grace. Lord, I thank you for your peace that surpasses understanding. And today, Lord, I pray for Vanessa. I pray for Kathy. And Lord, I pray for the upcoming coaching cohort. And Lord, I pray favor. I pray grace. Lord, I pray for the brilliance of who you are. Lord, I pray that you would pull the right people into that cohort, Lord, that there would be such a sense of purpose and vocation around helping women find their voice, emancipating the female voice, Lord, that there would be freedom upon it that they haven't seen before, Lord, that there would be an open heaven, there would be an unlocking of liberty and freedom and opportunity and courage, Lord, to be able to speak, Father, into those who have gone to sleep, Lord, that they would awaken to the power of their story. And Father God, I just pray for every person that's listening to this podcast today. And Lord, I just pray for those who feel afraid that they've missed out or that they've done something that sidelined them, Lord. I thank you that hidden seasons are your gift. Hmm. Hidden seasons are your gift. And I pray that you would help the beautiful women who are in those hidden seasons to find the gold and the depth of the insight that comes from those places. Lord, I pray for those who are burnt out. God, I pray for those who have made decisions where they're like, I'm just not going to try again. I feel like I cannot, I cannot go there again, God. I am too tired. I am too exhausted. I have done everything and you haven't shown up, God. I thank you that you are omnipresent, that you are our ever-present help in time of need. Lord, and I'm reminded of the Beatitudes that when we're at the end of our rope, that's where you are the greatest. And I pray for a magnificent magnification of the glory and the grace of who Jesus Christ is in those ashen places, those places of regret, those places of failure, those places of exhaustion. And Lord God, I pray for those who have just are looking for the courage to speak, 
Father, to speak again, to speak for the first time. And Lord, I feel such a sense of your smile that your glory and your grace is with them, that they would awaken into the beauty of a life lived, surrendered, co-creating with you. I thank you for this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Oh my gosh, so much of God in this. Thank you so much for your voice and your time. Thank you, Amanda. Who you are. And where can they where can everyone find you? Because you will be a new voice to some. Where can they find you? Um, it's really easy to find all my um my latest books, not all of my books. Some of my books have gone into remission. I don't know what you call like they've been they've <laughs> been benched but all my new books you can find on amazon really easy to to find with amanda v-i-v-i-e-r-s and my website is just my name and my instagram is just my name so if you can handle the silent s on vivia then then you can you can find me we can in canada especially here in quebec with all the french we can (laughs) there you go girls it's such a privilege to be with you um yeah, I want to hear more from you. I can't wait to hear what's to come from this space. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. We trust that this conversation you were just a part of today on our podcast would really empower you in your sphere of influence to continue to strengthen your gorgeous, brilliant, phenomenal feminine voice and strength that you have to offer your spheres of influence. We are so excited about launching Gather Voices coaching cohort for summer all the way through to the rest of 2021 to really continue to coach and champion the female voice in the church and across our nation of Canada. Why don't you consider jumping on our wait list, looking at the information, praying into whether this is your time to take the next step and really continue to grow with your revelation that you beautiful woman of God have an opportunity to use your voice for the sake of the kingdom in new ways in new arenas maybe for the first time or maybe it's whole new levels of influence that you are believing God is entrusting you with in this season seriously girls revival will only happen when the female church awakens to usher in humanity's welcome home with your voice and your presence. So why don't you look at stepping into, investing into this space called Gather Voices with us for a six-month journey. Phenomenal guests, uh, coaches are coming on, guest equippers. You're going to meet incredible girls across our nation online from wherever you are so that all different parts of this nation can be impacted with your voice. Consider joining us. Jump on to gatherwomen.com and have a look at all that is coming up in this movement that serves you and the call of God in your life.